Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Hi, Christy. <laughs> Hi, Catherine. Hi. <laughs> We're usually on video and we can see each other. And um, for some reason, the Wi-Fi is just not working well at all. So, and I completely forgot yesterday to record the intro because it was Black Friday, which we opted outside, my friends and I. Yay. And so Ellen messages me and I'm like, shoot, I'm writing. But then there was a brewery afterwards. So I... I never made it home in time to. That's okay. But but it was a really fun Black Friday outside at no stores. What did you, where'd you go? We just went to the route that's pretty close uh, down uh, called Dirty Sheets. So it's the route that people do a lot here. And it's just like a little 20 miler. But my friend Lauren, this is her first gravel ride after having her baby. Oh, wow. Nice. She's a, a five month old at home. And was able to get away for the day, <laughs> but it was funny because we ran into some other friends. There's just a group of three of us riding and we ran into another group of friends and we of course made an Instagram reel, which is really fun. And on the girls gone gravel. But, um, at one point she's like, I gotta go because I'm on an, I, I've got so long until I have to pump. <laughs> so, oh no. <laughs> so, so we had to work around the pumping, but, um, but that was okay. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's totally worth it. Yeah. And outside is way better than, yeah, being inside. Uh, so, and it was a gorgeous day. Uh, yes. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a, it was a beautiful day yesterday and it's another beautiful day here in Kansas. Like, you know, right now the trees are completely still, which happens about four days a year in Kansas. <laughs> so no wind. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a pretty day and then tomorrow it's supposed to get like a little bit rainy and then it's supposed to get really cold this week. So, oh, you guys, yeah, I saw that you have that front coming through there. Yeah. So I was kind of joking with somebody because, you know, different places are closing down, but Georgia won't close. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, we have a chance of snow on Tuesday, which means that they will close Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) COVID won't do it, (laughs) but a snowflake would but you get a dusting of snow and and no one down there knows how to drive in it so. <laughs> no, they're, 
it might not even be a dusting. It could be like a couple of snowflakes and they're going to close the city. Oh gosh. That's hilarious. Hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, you were correct. We do not know how to drive. (laughs) And so I was here the year that people got trapped on the interstate and half an inch of snow or like, you know, some people were there for 20 hours. That's just, well, I mean, it's not hilarious because that sucks, but at the same time, it's pretty funny when you're a Midwesterner going, what? (laughs) (laughs) Life skills, people. I know. Uh, What did you do for the holiday? Uh, We had Mason and Sydney home, kept it really quiet. Sydney and I uh, baked and cooked in the morning and then we um, gorged ourselves with some pretty great food. We did go over to my parents um, and had pumpkin pie in their backyard outside. So being, you know, COVID safe and still getting to see some family. So that was nice, but it was pretty low key. And um, yeah, watched the KU basketball game. They lost to Gonzaga, which was a bummer, but you know, it's COVID. It's 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to my parents for a while and then uh, came home and just took like a nice long nap. (laughs) It was was so, so random. I have been on this kick of ever since the election and and I've never done this before, but all I want to do is watch Hallmark like Christmas movies every night. What? It's just something like, (laughs) I think it's an escape. (laughs) like to watch the stupid <laughs> movies that you know the plot line like they're so bad they're so bad they're all the same <laughs> I know I know but I'm almost out so if anybody out there has suggestions for bad Christmas movies send them my yeah. way <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm trying to think of did you watch the Queen's Gambit have you done that one yet I haven't no oh that's good you should binge that I is it a series I have a trouble with a series because I just it have is trouble like yeah, that, I think that's why the Hallmark movies are good for me because I don't have to really pay any attention to them. Oh, that's true. So I'm like, oh, the same thing happened. <laughs> it's pretty and there's snow and decorations. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of- Well, a- I don't know if we can be friends, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally never done this before. <laughs> so. No, I'm kidding you. I don't, I think that's, I think everybody's finding new escapes and I've never watched more TV in my life than this, this pandemic year. So yeah, it's interesting. Yep. For sure. But yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, well, we had a really fun guest this week, uh, talking all about all of her gravel adventures and exploits. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, so it was Sarah Sturm. Yes. Sturmy as she goes. Sturmy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she was just really fun to talk to. Like we got on and I was like, oh, this is going to be a really fun conversation because she just really likes to talk. <laughs> yeah. Very enthusiastic. It was, um, well, just, it just was good to get her perspective on things. And she started her own company during COVID and um, it's pretty awesome actually. And we got to hear all about her recent backpacking, bike packing, e-bike trip, which was really yes. So so anyway, um, we'll stop talking because she's more fun than us right now. (laughs) (laughs) She has my Christmas movie marathons. Seriously, send me your recommendations for Christmas movies. (laughs) (laughs) 
and get on to our interview with Sarah Sturm. Hey, Catherine, I'm so excited that Gooders Come On is one of our sponsors. I know we love Gooder sunglasses because they come in so many fun colors and sassy fun names. Like I got Lance's afternoon uppers. And I got Rose before Brose. <laughs> they're really fun. And they're also performance sunglasses. So they're no slip, no bounce and polarized. They start at a ridiculously low price of $25 a pair. <laughs> Which means that Gooder is generously offering our listeners nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. You do not need a discount when you already have the most affordable performance shades on the planet. So go to gooder.com slash feisty and that's G-O-O-D-R dot com slash feisty now. These glasses even look good with mud on them. They do. <laughs> Christy, you know we have a new podcast sponsor? Did you get your gear yet? I did. I was so excited. Belcorva showed up the other day, and I, um, I'm in love. <laughs> I think I have my new very favorite shorts, both for working out, walking my dog, and like post a long ride. Yeah, totally. That well, and I got that green. Did you get the green? You didn't get the green. I, I got, got the green. I got like an eggplant color. They're fantastic. Oh, I'm sorry. My green ones are better than your eggplant. <laughs> well, I really love the fun colors and all the fun patterns. I got really fun pants as well. And I love, this is my favorite thing. They have a pocket. And I know. Every pair of pants. So like after a ride, slide them on, put my cell phone in the pocket. It's amazing. Yep. They work perfect. And they're, they are the, the shorts are the right length. My three quarter length tights. They're obviously, they're an awesome link, but they're super fun. I got the black and white stripe and they're, they're really cute. So I'm so stoked. And the quality is, uh, yeah, I was stoked. And they're incredibly affordable. I know. We yep. are very excited to have Belcorva as a new sponsor to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. You can go over to belcorva.com to pick up your fun new tights or shorts. Get the green ones. Well, welcome to another episode of the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. I am here with Christy. Hey, Hello. Christy. Uh, you're wearing a bandana. I am. It's so cute. It's super cute. It's <laughs> super cute. And it's sold by one of our favorite people, but designed by today's podcast guest. Yes. <laughs> we have with us Sarah Sturm. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me. And I love your neck accoutrements. <laughs> no fancy. It makes me miss racing and high-fiving uh, Allie and make, having her make me drink whiskey with her. <laughs> she has an effect on so many people. She really does. <laughs> I mean, I haven't actually ever met Allie in real life, but whenever we get off the phone, I have this overwhelming desire for whiskey. Oh my God. So uh, we'll just jump right in. My first time that I met Allie, um, we, she like, oh no, I met her at a gravel photo shoot for Specialized. And I was like super intimidated because obviously I knew who she was. Um, 
and <laughs> she was probably like who is this loud short girl <laughs> who they invited to this shoot and she was of course like super nice and then like a year later we uh specialized wanted me to race belgian waffle ride and i had never done it and ali emailed me and was like you can stay with me in my room i have like accommodations and i was like okay that sounds great and then we like shared a hotel room this was obviously before covid and she was like the kindest most like open teammate ever and like helped me dial in my like nutrition stuff although she was like you are an insane person I was like making like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in our hotel room <laughs> and her like personal goo sponsor like drops off all this like delicious product for her to use during the race and I'm like spreading like pb and j on white bread <laughs> and that was like the first time we met and honestly we've been like really good friends ever since nothing like I, and like the number of women from the race scene that I've met, like, hi, we'll be sharing a hotel room. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> How'd that peanut butter and jelly work out for you How did that uh, peanut butter and jelly work out for you at that race? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like cut them in little squares and every single photo of me, my jersey is like rotated like forward. <laughs> because there was so much weight in my pockets from all the, all the sandwiches so now I see why people might do like you know goose <laughs> but was that the Belgian waffle ride you won you won one right yeah uh-huh yeah. so I think it, was so it worked out it was it good. worked out although peanut butter and jelly for some reason like if you're doing a really dusty ride it just sounds like you're gonna eat a lot of grit which I guess you oh, will with anything it was not enjoyable I will say that <laughs> <laughs> but it gave me calories. So that's positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of just jumped right in, but Sorry, that was people <laughs> that might not know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and how you got into racing and gravel racing specifically? Um, yeah, well, I already told you how I got into gravel racing. <laughs> I just showed up in Allie's hotel room. Um, I uh, got into bike racing when I moved here, where I currently live, to Durango, Colorado. Um, I was going to play soccer um, for Fort Lewis College up here, um, which is a little small liberal arts school. And I grew up in Albuquerque, which is like three and a half hours south of here. So I knew I wanted to go like far enough away, but close enough to home. Um, uh, my mom and I are super close, so it was perfect. <laughs> and uh, I got to school and I was like, wow, I really don't want to play soccer anymore. And so I joined um, our the little like club triathlon team. <laughs> and I was like, and I had run and swim all through um, high school and middle school. And I finished my triathlon and I was like, yeah, I still really hate running and swimming. <laughs> but I'll try the bike part. And so I like called up, um, the cycling team at Fort Lewis college, which honestly kind of a lucky choice for me of schools because they had just happened to be the number one ranked team collegiate team in the nation at the time. So I called them up, like never having ridden a bike race, um, 
And I was like, hey, what kind of scholarships do you guys offer? And they're like, whoa, <laughs> we'll see. Let's, uh, why don't you go to the velodrome with us? And I was obviously like horrible at everything. Like I was the person who could not get their water bottle out without stopping to like reach and grab it out. So progression is the name of the game, I guess. But yeah, I just kind of stuck with it and um, started like riding road and track. Um, and then my like senior year or junior year started riding mountain bikes um, and racing mountain bikes and cyclocross. I think actually I did cross through all four years, but um, yeah. And then I just became like obsessed with cycling. Um, and like I said, really just stuck with it. Um, raced a couple years professionally on a local pro team um, <clears throat> in Durango. Sorry, I raced mountain bikes and then um, kind of realized I wasn't having a, that much fun doing it. So um, I quit for a while, like three years and then um, came back racing single speed cyclocross, um, which is a genre of cyclocross that is I feel like it's equal parts drinking and partying to bike racing <laughs> so it was like a good like re-entry back in um and then yeah I don't know sorry I'm really going on the timeline here but uh I signed um with Specialized and 10 Speed Hero they were doing um a project uh like a collaboration together for a cyclocross team with two women and I got to be one of the females on the team um myself and Ruby West and that was like a dream come true and honestly like my life has been pretty different after that <laughs> um yeah we like it was my first year racing UCI cyclocross um which is a steep learning curve to be honest the racing is great but then everything else that goes along with being a professional cross racer is really um intense and almost takes more training than like <laughs> the racing and riding itself um and then yeah the following year specialized was like you know we're not continuing with the cross team but do you want to ride gravel there's this race this gravel ride you can go to called the belgium waffle ride and i was like sounds great sounds like you get waffles the whole time and it's super chill and it's a gravel race and then they're like here's a road bike and I was like what is this race <laughs> and then that's when I met Allie and she was like okay let me tell you what this is about um and then yeah I had a great result there which was truly as surprising to me as it was to everybody at the venue and um yeah last year I just had a pretty stellar season um racing gravel and mountain bikes so and now we're here <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and now we're not racing and now we're not racing <laughs> I remember seeing you um at Leadville um outside yes of, yeah and I mean like you were it just I knew it was you because you were smiling so big well, <laughs> everybody else around you was obviously in the pain cave. And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> she's having way too much fun when everybody else looks like they're about to die. Oh, I was probably about to die. <laughs> that was a really hard race. I've, uh, I've never like seen a finish line before of a bike race and, and still thought, well, I might not finish. <laughs> 
50 50. <laughs> they really like, like yeah howard grotz is uh he he's living in durango at the time and we drove up together and he was telling me because he's won that race a bajillion times yeah. and truly he's a freak of nature i mean i know everyone says that he might be an alien but he was like yeah the last like the last quarter of that race is probably the hardest and I was like okay yeah whatever like you don't even think anything's hard I really should have listened to him because he he was really right it was so hard <laughs> like it wasn't about like the big climbs or anything it was just like the last chunk of that that race um but yeah that was a I remember seeing you before the race and I was like what is this race about like everyone was like so like oh, what start corral? Cause there's thousands of people that yeah. race Leadville and I haven't done, but um, I'm sure that that's the same kind of feeling of like mass start. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> what is it like? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a mass start for sure. I, I think that those races though have prepared us for this COVID-19. I said to somebody the other day, I was like, you know, I thought we were doing the 200 mile distance, but we're actually doing the 350. <laughs> ah, yes. And this like last we, quarter is like really hard. We took a really <laughs> long break at a rest stop. <laughs> now <we're> like, <laughs> and, yeah. And now we got to get back on our bikes and finish. Like, Which is sure. always a bad choice. It always feels good to take a long break, but then you get back on the bike and you're like, that was a bad choice. I think, yeah, I think this is where I, I had this realization this summer. I um, did a big through ride on the Colorado Trail, um, which is like, it's mainly a hiking trail from Denver to Durango. It's like 550 miles. And so um, I bike packed it with a couple of friends. And on that trip, I was like, oh, I get why I can do endurance. I have a horrible sense of time. <laughs> like I, I don't, and like, I'm really good at compartmentalizing, which is a good and bad skill in life. <laughs> um, Cause inevitably the things that you put in a box and shove away will come back and bite you at some point. But I think that that is like a pretty um, big tool for an endurance rider. And in a lot of ways, this pandemic is kind of like that. Like I just, I'm not, almost, I'm almost like not even thinking about the finish line because it's too far away. <laughs> so you just kind of do like pedal by pedal or day by day. You just kind of get through it. But then if you think about it, it sucks. Well, you started something new during this pandemic. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was the reference to the bandana at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it took me a second. I was like, what is she talking about? What is she talking about? <laughs> Yeah, I decided it was known for our transitions. We're so good. <laughs> we it. really work on our transitions. Yeah. That was flawless. I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I decided it was a great idea to put a little more time into my um, design business. And it was, it's awesome. It's been sweet. My like, um, I've been doing graphic design kind of on the side um, for a while, ever since I like kind of put bike racing and bike riding as the priority in my life. I was like, oh, this will be a good like kind of balance to everything. Um, it does make things a little more chaotic because I'm like, I mean, as as we're sitting here, I'm like trying to get files to a client. <laughs> but 
um it is a good balance because it kind of helps me like see both sides um so I'm not like I'm not devastated if like something goes wrong with cycling and vice versa because I kind of have the other one um and yeah so I started a company called Oso Creative and Oso is Spanish for bear which my mom used to call me Sari Bear and by used to I mean she still does and I'm 30. (laughs) (laughs) Um but yeah it's been it's been awesome and uh Allie was like one of our first clients. She came to us with a really fun project idea, which is the bandana that Christy is wearing right now. Um, and she she had all these like creative ideas for these bandanas and we just got to bring them to life. Um, and yeah, just like work together with one of my friends was like, you know, a fun little start to the to the business. Did you go to school for graphic design then? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was one of the weird ones that actually used my <laughs> degree. <laughs> well, it's actually a great starting your own graphic design company is great alongside what you do because you can yes. take as many or as few clients as you want. And I mean, I'm sure there's hectic days, but you know, like you do yeah. get a lot of freedom. It, totally. And like when I was choosing kind of what to do, like I've always been, um, super interested in art and actually just fine arts. Um, my mom is uh, a metal smith and a potter. She had her studio in our house when I was growing. I just thought it was like normal to have, you know, homemade mugs and plates and bowls <laughs> that your mom made for you uh, growing up. So I, I always knew that I wanted to do something um, in, the, in the arts um, and graphic design kind of seemed like a good uh, way to like make it a career without it being like my passion, if that makes sense. Cause I, I didn't want to necessarily like paint or um, go into fine arts as like the way that I made money. Cause, and that was kind of a concern for me with cycling too. Cause I love riding my bike. Um, and I was a little nervous if I made it my job, would it make me hate riding? Um, but so far so good. Well, I quit, but then I came back and now good. <laughs> what made you like, what's the difference between when you quit and you came back? Um, I, I decided that any bike race I did, I was going to do because I wanted to do it. Not because I felt like I had to prove something or like do it for a sponsor. Not that I had ever had that. Well, I did have that pressure a little bit with the team that I was on. Um, and so when I came back, it was all because I chose to do it. And I think that that was a big shift for me. Also, I was a little older, like it's, I, these, I I was never a junior cyclist, but I kind of can't believe a lot of these juniors are able to like stay focused. Like, cause I mean, inevitably if you're in the sport for, you know, decades, which women, (laughs) we have a long, we have a long life. If you want to be an athlete, um, especially in cycling. I mean, you look at people like Katarina Nash and she's still like winning world cups in her, I think she's in her forties or something, but, um, yeah, I think, I think being a little bit older helped me too. Cause, and I had some real life, like job experience after that. And I was like, Oh, the time that I get to like 
ride is super special. Like I don't have to do this. I get to do it. And I think that that, that was a big shift for me. Um, even now when it's yeah. my job, I'm like, yay, <laughs> I get to go for a ride. Well, not when it's like 30 degrees, then it kind of sucks, but you get back and you're like, well, I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plus. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I honestly think that is like a big reason I ride. <laughs> so, but you're still a sponsor. You still have sponsors. You're not sponsored in the same way, correct? Do you feel any pressure from them to like, I guess it doesn't, there's not a lot of pressure this year because there are no events. But Right. No, I mean, I, yes and no. I think um, like when I first uh, signed with Specialized, like I put pressure on myself because I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity. Like I want to make the most of it. And so that definitely like kind of fueled some of my training and, and racing. But I think like, to keep that presence of mind, like during a race, like, oh, I must beat that girl because my sponsor wants me to. I like, I think, I think that quickly fades, like when the gun goes off and you're racing. I think, I think the people, at least the women that I race with and against, you just kind of have this thing in you that you're like, I want to go and like go hard and fast. <laughs> um, it's never really like, I have to beat her. It's like, I just want to go as hard as I can. <laughs> More of a competition with yourself. Yeah, I think so. It, it's funny. My aunt um, asked me like, what do you think about for like, <laughs> what a nine hour race? And I'm like, honestly, you're just so distracted by like, okay, what's my body doing? How am I feeling? Checking in? Like, have I eaten enough? Have I had enough to drink? When's the next climb coming? And like, it's crazy like in some ways, like how quickly the time seems to go, but maybe it is again, like my bad sense of time, <laughs> but I'm like, I feel like an hour passes and I'm like, holy shit. Like I, I'm like just taking off the miles. Doesn't always feel like that. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this mile has lasted for 20 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I have that bad sense of memory, but it's like where the hills are on a route. So it could be a route that I've done like 50 times and I'll be out with somebody new and I'm like, this is the last hill. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't the last hill. That wasn't the last hill by far. <laughs> you know what? I, I have <laughs> totally, I am the worst. Don't ever come ride with me. I will lie to you unknowingly. I just don't, I just don't have a good, like the number of times I've brought like friends on like rides that are way too long or way too hard for like where their skill level not because I'm trying to be unkind but because I just suck at remembering section like full like sections of a ride I don't know what's wrong with me I think I need to like pay attention more to like when I hit like complete on my like by computer like actually looking at like how long I ride and how many miles it is but once I'm like home I'm like done on to the quesadillas. <laughs> <We're doing great. laughs> oh man. You're drinking the whiskey right after the ride, so you're forgetting. It's like child. Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> we need to like connect you with uh Rose and Laura that we had on a few weeks ago. They're the ones yeah. that are doing all these routes. And you can just like send them a message, like 
here's my route I just did. And they'll be like, that is like a, cause they rate it by mountains, how hard it is. They'll be like, Oh, that is a five mountain ride. Do not take your friends. on it." <laughs> I need someone like that on like retainer in my life. <laughs> yeah. They're doing routes in Colorado. So maybe they that's can just cool. like connect with you. Oh, it is. that's it's actually really cool. really cool. I love you that. Go check out their, um, yeah, definitely go check it out. Their so. gravel bike adventures. Yes. Oh yeah, totally. Wait, I have heard of them. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They're curating routes and all kinds of cool stuff. Like where the bath, if there's a bathroom, where to park. Um, yeah. Send them a message after every ride and they'll be like, do not take a beginner on that. (laughs) And if anyone, like I get asked, like we just did this big, um, tour in death Valley and, um, I've had a lot of people ask me like, oh, tell me about the route or like, you know, any of the stats. And I'm like, I, bleh, I couldn't even tell you how many miles we did. <laughs> I just like, you just switch into like, that's kind of how like vacation mode for me is bikepacking. Cause like I, there's nothing better than like turning my phone off and like all you have to do in a day is ride your bike until you're tired, until it gets dark. And if you're doing any sort of tour um, right now, the days are very short. So we were in bed at like, I'm not kidding, at 6.30 PM and it was like fully dark. And we were getting, I didn't know that my body was actually capable of this, but I was getting like 10 hours of sleep. And I, my coach um, could see my like sleep data from my whoop was like somehow uploading, like when we came into service occasionally. And he was like, I was wondering if you were just like sleeping the whole time and they were like carrying you in one of those Bob trailers. <laughs> Cause he was like, you were just getting so, so much sleep. I was like, I know I, it was great. It was like a little vacation. That's awesome. <laughs> I feel very rested. <laughs> So you've been doing a lot of backpacking over the past year, right? Since there haven't been yeah, any races. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I kind of, it's, it's how I like do long miles. It's like the easiest way for me to focus on something like that. Um, I'm not, I'm not as good at like, uh, like seeing like training rides like okay just do a five hour training ride like that is I don't know I just am not wired like that I guess but um I'll find like a route I use bikepacking.com um which is an awesome awesome resource they they actually they rate things (laughs) in difficulty and I've done enough of their rides to know that if it says it's a six out of ten it's an eight out of (laughs) ten and that's just like, like how I know to process, like what the difficulty rating is now, but, um, yeah, I'll use these longer, like bike packing tours to kind of, um, do long miles, you know, training that sort of thing. <laughs> and they're heavy bikes, like our bikes. Well, this trip was unique because we did it on e-bikes, um, which was a huge learning because as we all know, the next problem to be solved for electric vehicles of any kind is the battery life. Um, so it was like logistically really interesting because we would have to plan in stops to like towns where we could plug in five e-bikes <laughs> for five hours. Um, 
but the bikes we mainly rode when they were off. So that meant that I was pedaling like with our bike bags. I think my bike weighed 80 pounds. <laughs> wow. So my knees feel great. <laughs> that's a strength that's workout. That's about what you weigh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was hard. I feel like I went for a ride yesterday for the first time since we got back and I was like, oh my God, I feel like this bike is so light. <laughs> Was that your Death Valley trip? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what was the impetus for using e-bikes on it? Um, Well, the trip idea came about like, I would say like over a year ago um, when Specialized was launching their like lightweight trail e-bike called the Levo um, or I guess the Levo SL. And so this guy, Andy, had this idea to go ride these e-bikes through Death Valley and then... um, just because like the bike was launching and he was like, man, I don't think anyone's done this before. And I can honestly say, I really don't think anyone's bike packed through Death Valley on e-bikes before. Um, I think it was just kind of that one of those like, hey, let's see how this goes kind of trip. But luckily with an e-bike, unlike an electric vehicle, like if it's dead, you can still pedal it. So that's nice, even if it weighs 80 pounds. Even though it's a very heavy pedal, I think they're great. Some people are very anti e-bike, but I have a friend that actually just got one. She's had some heart problems and for her to be able to ride with a group, like she never can just because she can't keep the intensity. She could do the, the mileage, but you know, it just gives her that little boost up the Hills and she's a fantastic cyclist. She's raced for years and years. So she has the skills to do anything. It's just like, you know. I used to be like a couple years ago, I was like, ugh, e-bikes, bleh. (laughs) And like, you know, you would be in Moab and like climbed like all day to get somewhere. And then like some dude on an e-bike just comes like cruising past you with like cargo pants and flat pedals. And you're like, God damn it. But honestly, like I I do not feel like that at all. I think they're awesome. And and that was before this trip. Like I used to work in a bike shop and seeing the people that were interested in buying e-bikes first of all, it's not everybody. It's not everyone's cup of tea, which is fine. And it's, it's an equalizer and truly the people that like, for the most part who buy e-bikes for at least for right now are like kind of older or like compromised in some way. And it's awesome because they still get to go out on a bike ride. Like, I don't know why people want to, you know, change that for people. I actually was, I was kind of expecting to get a lot more flack for the e-bike trip because I like posted about it on um on my Instagram and everyone was really stoked everyone was pretty excited to like hear about it and learn about it and like when we were out there you don't see many people um (laughs) in Death Valley it's a huge it's a huge national park um and we would run into like dirt bikers every now and then and they were all really stoked on e-bikes and like wanted to ask us a ton of questions and so I see it as a way to get even more people into cycling um and you can I mean especially when like battery life gets better and better um you can go to some really rad places yeah um Durango for the most part right now we only have like one trail system um in town that's e-bike friendly and then the rest of the options for us are just like trails that allow dirt bikes. I just, I think it's going to be such a big game changer 
not totally. Well, I mean, my dad is a perfect example. He's always been a runner and a cyclist and had um, some heart issues. Um, yeah. and I encouraged him. We have a test bike down at the shop here. And I was like, just go take it for the weekend. And yeah. I mean, he rode over here and the smile on his face, you know, he was like, I think I'm going to get one of these That's and awesome. He, because he could go up the, you know, he wants to be able to ride with, with people, but he struggles to keep totally. up. And he's like, that's not fun. Totally. Um, and you know, yeah, I, um, they sent us these e-bikes a while ago. So we've had some time to test them. And the thing that I actually use it the most for is, um, cause my partner Dylan and I both have one. And we like, we'll get to go on rides with our friends who normally like, wouldn't be able to like keep up or like want to even go with us. Um, and it's awesome. Like I had, um, my friend and like my kit sponsor from 10 speed hero, he was, he was in town this summer and like, you know, he lives in Chicago and like, doesn't necessarily get to like go and like train every single day but we like set him up on Dylan's e-bike and he did this like gnarly high country ride with us. Actually, we were like, e, this was a lot more technical than I remember, <laughs> but he did great. <laughs> it was that ride. And like, he cruised in with like one bar left on the battery and we were like, <laughs> that would have been a long day. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, the criticism I've heard is like people can get into situations where they're not ready for that but I think like there's a difference I think that doesn't happen yeah, yeah I don't think it ha- it's like people there are a lot of people that have a lot of really that good skills on the bike, the bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say well, I've been in well, an adventure <laughs> yeah well and I even think it's kind of what you said like I don't have time to train three or four hours a day and totally. so if I wanted to go out and do some, like a bigger biking trip or something it would be an awesome option right yes because um, I have the skills to ride and um but yeah exactly and I don't know if you guys have gotten to ride e-bikes before but like I where I I came home and Dylan had picked them up and no matter what like your first time on a pedal assist bicycle is like the craziest experience and like we would like put our friends on our e-bikes just to see what their reaction was this summer and every single person was always like wee it's so fun like male or female didn't matter there's just like always like the funniest little like yeah there's not a lot of bike commuters that ride them in atlanta because of that because if you get to a light and you're with a lot of cars you have a like it's not like all the cars because there's uh, a certain brand here and it like will hit 25 miles an hour right out the gate so you can take off like a car which is a lot less scary Do you see um, Durango is like a fairly small mountain town. And so a lot of people commute by bike. But now what I've been seeing are these parents that have basically replaced their minivans with cargo e-bikes and they're awesome. And Dylan and I want to get one because then we can ride it together (laughs) because you have like little seats on the back and they're, they're rad. Like you, you basically don't have to drive a car, which is pretty cool. I think the e-commuter category is like probably the most exciting to see. Like hopefully it will change cycling for sure. I think it's, it really has like changed a lot in the last couple of years. So that's pretty exciting. 
Well, I was even thinking about it from the perspective of, which sounds silly, but like in Kansas, it gets so hot and humid in the summer. And if I want to ride my bike to my office, I don't want to show up completely drenched in <laughs> drenched. sweat. Yeah. You know? um, and so that having that assist oh, kind totally. of effort yeah. down, and then you okay. can still, yeah. So same here. Um, okay. Awesome. Speaking of vehicles, though, I have a question of something that is not an e-bike. What's this little bus thing? <laughs> I'm I'm looking at uh, Sarah's Instagram, showing her a picture on her Instagram. Do you, do you live in this bus? Oh my God, no! I Dylan and I got the bus a couple years ago, and like basically right away we were like, we will not be living in this together <laughs> because we want to stay together. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got a little, we got a short bus. <laughs> nice. Um, and I'm super excited. Uh, my design company, we created um, basically like a big sticker wrap for it. So we have some of our like original artwork going on there for next season. Um, and you'll hopefully, if I see when racing is back, um, we'll be driving it to a lot of the races and events. Um, but yeah, we got this bus for like, four thousand dollars um which is you know a fraction of the price of a bicycle these days (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) and we had this local company called topo rigs um help us with the build out um at first dylan and i were like oh we'll just do it ourselves and then we started tearing everything out of it and we were like oh my god this is so above our expertise level and it's going to take us and cost us way more and so we found this awesome awesome company um here in durango but he does build outs for people everywhere um and he like did the like it's the nicest thing i've ever owned in my entire life my mom we took her on a camping trip and she was like you have tongue and groove ceilings we have this like beautiful like <laughs> recycled um beetle kill wood on the like roof of the bus with like halogen lighting on like dimmers and like a custom like gear rack for our helmets and shoes and stuff um and then they even put in this like butcher block table from the high school my mom used to teach at from the shop mm-hmm. class So it has like an old like butcher block shop table in there for our little counter. It's, it's pretty cool. It's like, if all else fails, we could always like live in the bus. (laughs) It's so cute. It's so cute. I can't wait for you guys to see it in person. Yeah. Has Uh, anybody done a video about it? Like, I feel like this should be one of your sponsors should like. I know. Well, it's coming. We have, we have some plans. (laughs) Okay, good. We'll do a little tour. I kind of wanted to do like a, you know how, did you guys ever watch MTV Cribs? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We have to get some spinners first. For <laughs> <laughs> I can, uh, we, I, we can uh, feature our little van too. I've got a super, sorry, Vanessa Hoswald and I always joke. She always uses super cute with me. So that's when I'm saying this stuff. She bought me this super cute fake succulent that's in there. And then she oh. bought a super cute disco ball like like thing like like stroke I love that of it's course so cool. that for you. 
and it's usb so you can plug it in anywhere but uh what yeah those exist she and found like, that she she she's but always things over. yeah it's she's always sliding really super cute things over to me on our on our vans because we'll that's so we'll cute. Have our little van parking party you know it's fun but yeah i'm ready i want to be a part of it <laughs> Cool. Wait, did I see your van at Leadville? Were you driving yeah. around in it yet? Yeah. With yeah, the little pop-up shop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah, the pop-up shop is gone, but the van is still around, so. That's good. Yeah, the most You got the thing, thing that you can sleep in. <laughs> and cook in. I oh, that's it. so cool. Yeah. I know, I felt kind of like, oh man, no pun intended, but we just joined the bandwagon of like, you know, adventure rig, but it's, it's honestly like the best thing ever for bike racing too. Yeah. Cause like, and in the pandemic, like I yeah. have been able to just like go and drive and like, instead of staying in a hotel or like, a you know, a camp area, like we can just, I mean, if all else fails, you can just sleep in a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, I've slept in many Walmart parking oh, lots. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you just need an eye mask. <laughs> it's been great because it's like, it's yeah, it's gotten us through the pandemic because I like to travel and. Yeah, yeah, it's a safe way to do it. Totally. It's also cozy. Yep. Yeah, well, there is. Like, Go a ahead. A lot of off-road racing is not in places where there's like a lot of hotel options. Yeah. Stay <laughs> at. Yeah, totally. I know. It's always kind of like, that was the goal. So when we saw the bus, we were like, oh, this could be something. Well, initially it was going to be for cyclocross. And then we we're like, e, it's pretty cold for cyclocross season to like not have a shower. And like, it's a, it's a, it's a small bus. So like, um, my friend Magli and her partner, Dave, they have like a trailer that has like a, a shower and like a bathroom and that's that is the way I think to do cross racing is with a vehicle that has a shower in it that's amazing (laughs) yeah but it's it's fun I'm excited I'm excited to like do some really cool projects um with the bus and it runs really well we just have to get the AC fixed before the summer Cause I almost died this summer. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. It doesn't have AC and it just blows hot air onto your shins. <laughs> and I was like, I, I might die. Like we drove like two hours to go meet my mom to go camp. And I was just putting like chunks of ice like on my legs and it would just like slowly melt. <laughs> yeah, don't bring that thing to Georgia in the summer. <laughs> I know, I was the, like. <laughs> you will not be happy here. We'll be getting that fixed next. So if anyone knows a good like AC fix, let me know. <laughs> this was Christy's saga of the summer, getting her AC fixed. Getting the AC fixed. Yeah. That was in your summer. house or in the vehicle? No, in the van. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But we got yeah. it. So it's all super good. And I've literally spent many nights um, sleeping at a start line, basically. I'm sure in the van, you know, and then open it up and you're Hello. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yep. actually like perfect. I don't know. I really, it's like more comfortable for me and I can bring my dog to bike races, which yep. is, I've said it before. It's like the thing that is the worst part about being a bike racer is like having to leave your dog. Um, I see a lot of my friends now who like go to Belgium for cross races. They actually bring their dogs and they like go and like live out there. 
which makes total sense because most North Americans get like super depressed when they go to live in Europe for the cross season because it's just like cold and gray and like it's just a different scene and so it makes a lot of sense that people are bringing their dogs with them because it makes you happy make them happy yeah because the dogs are like huh it's cold here cool (laughs) (laughs) hilarious well, Sarah, I think we could probably talk to you all day long about different things. Have <laughs> like, we even talked about anything? <laughs> no, that's what I said. I, like, we could do it structured, but I'm pretty good at just having like a conversation, like we were all just having a cup of coffee together. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell people uh, where they can find, follow you and your bike racing. And then maybe also if they're looking for to get something designed, because you do logos and kind of yeah. um, projects for companies collaborations so much you guys for like all of the promotion for my design business um I always forget to mention it um so thank you um yeah so I would say the best way to follow me or like if you have any questions about the rides that I do that I probably won't know the answer to (laughs) um is my Instagram which is at Sarah with an h -H s-a-r-a-h underscore Sturmy s-t-u-r-m-y and then um my creative business is uh osocreatives.com awesome yeah i was not following you on instagram so i don't know how that happened but i am oh my god i am offended okay that is a thing though i learned from the girls that i oh i didn't even talk about devo oh well (laughs) next podcast (laughs) But I coach like U19 girls and oh, and college kids and they legitimately get upset if you don't follow them. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I was like, are you, oh, you're actually mad at me. Okay, I'm, I just didn't know. I didn't know that you had to follow people. I'm following you now. <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna say something about Girls Gone Gravel is following you, so it has that already. <laughs> I want to start following all of you guys. Now. Yeah, you, I I expect to follow back. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, let's see if you're following us. Oh no! Oh, no. Okay, bye. <laughs> Seriously, gonna podcast over. Until, we're gonna talk until five p.m. if we don't stop. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. The Girls Gone Gravel podcast is a production of Live Feisty Media. Subscribe, like, and comment on your listening platform. Our producer is Taylor Mayhem Rudolph. You can follow us on all the socials at Girls Gone Gravel or visit our website at girlsgonegravel.com.